So, um, in a little less than two years, here at St. Mike's, we will begin celebrating our 75th anniversary as a parish. And the first Mass that they had here in the parish, some of you know, uh, was in September of 1951 with Monsignor Leo Ringwald, the first pastor here. And uh, about maybe 10 years later, they started building this church. It's 1962, the same year that they opened the Second Vatican Council. Some of you may be old enough to remember that, Vatican II. That same year, they moved this altar in. Boy, aren't you glad you didn't have to do that? Solid marble, that altar. So they've moved these windows in. They brought these windows in from Cologne, Germany, 1962. That same year, there's a woman named Barbara Tuchman who published a Pulitzer Prize-winning book which I love. It's called The Guns of August. Anybody ever read The Guns of August? It's an amazing book. My dad gave me a copy of The Guns of August when I was about 16, and I was like, yeah, whatever, Dad. I was about 21 by the time I read it. So they came out in 1962, and it's all about World War I. And uh, Barbara Tuchman in this book, one of the things that she says is, you know, at least in World War II, we knew what we were fighting for, you know? I mean, we were fighting against totalitarian regimes and, and Hitler, right, and Stalin and, and some, of these, some of these entities. But in World War I, did you know that 17 million people died? 17 times the size of our city, roughly, most of whom were 18 and 19 years old. There's over 30 countries involved. 30 countries involved in World War I. And one of the things that she talks about is in this war, that she said they were like, all these leaders were like boys in a sandbox kicking sand at each other, just filled with these egos, and they wouldn't listen to anybody. And people were trying to bring common sense to them, and they just wouldn't hear it. I'm right. No, you're right. I'm right. I'm right. And she said they just wouldn't listen. 17 million people, what they call the Great War. So one of the things that she points out in this book is, okay, we need to learn from history. So in 1962, about three months after that came out, we had the first, first Catholic president, right, John F. Kennedy. So he's re he read this, and about two months after he read it, in October of 1962, he was thrust into the Cuban Missile Crisis with Nikita Khrushchev from Russia, right? Head to head. Two weeks, roughly. And everyone around JFK was telling him, go to war, go to war, go to war. Let me just say this again. All of the military advisors were telling the president to start nuclear war. All of them because they were trying to make up for the Bay of Pigs. So Kennedy, who had just read this book, and was on his mind, he, he went in his office with Bobby, his brother, and he said, wait, just, just, just wait. What if we are living through the guns of August again? 
where you have all these egos. I'm right. I'm right. But nobody wants to listen and take a deep breath. And that's what he did. So historians have said that one, that one book may have saved Western civilization. If you've never read The Guns of August, I cannot recommend it enough. Barbara Tuchman. Anybody ever heard the name Robert Gates? If you've never heard Robert Gates, he was the former head of the CIA, National Security Advisors for two presidents. Many people believe nobody understands world politics today better than Robert Gates. You know what he said this week? He said, we are currently closer to World War III than we have been since any time since World War II, including during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Whew. Sleep well. I mean, isn't that amazing to think about? What's going on in Iran, North Korea, Syria, China, the Middle East, Ukraine, Russia? Do we understand how very quickly this could turn bad real quick? The guns of August. Why are you, why are you telling us this, Father? That's why I'm telling you this. If you've never prayed for peace, now's the time. Now's the time, okay? And people say, you know what, Father, I, I, try, I try not to know that stuff. I don't even watch the news. Well, you need to be informed because each one of us plays a part in this human community. It's very important, folks, that we not lose hope because if you and I lose hope, in this crazy world we live in, evil has won twice. Not once. They've won twice. We can't lose hope. Let me ask you a question. Um, during the Mass, the priest says, the Lord be with you, and you respond, lift up your hearts. Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean when the priest says, lift up your hearts? Who should I call on this morning? Huh? I'm just going to close my eyes. You know what it means? It means have hope. In Latin, sursum corda. Lift up your hearts. Have hope. Yes, it's tough. Yes, we live in a crazy world. Totally. All right? But we're going to get through this because Jesus Christ has won the battle. You know one of the other things it means? It means you and I need to be leaders for the people that are charged to your care. That's what it means. People are looking to you to lead them. You may not feel like a leader, but you are. It means you and I need to step up. Gentlemen, you probably have heard me say this, but you and I, brothers, are the priests of our family. All right? You and I are the spiritual leaders, gentlemen. That means you and I need to teach our families to lead, to pray. It starts with you. So if you and I are not comfortable praying, with our spouse and family, get over it. I don't know how to say that. Get over it. All right? Be not afraid. That's how we have hope. You know, what, what are the, who are the two people in the Gospels that betrayed Jesus? 
Judas and Peter. One betrayed Jesus with a kiss, one with his words. What was the difference between the two? That's right, reconciliation. One had hope. He had hope, and he picked himself up. And Jesus tells Peter at the Last Supper, he said, I've prayed for you, Peter, that when you have recovered yourself, you'll pick yourself up and then lead others. Judas lost his hope. Peter was like, oh, man. I did exactly what I said I was not going to do. You ever feel that way? Today, I'm going to be a good driver. Like 30 seconds later. I mean, that's what St. Paul says. He says, everything I don't want to do, I end up doing. All the stuff I don't want to do, I end up doing. Right? But Peter, in his defense, he picks himself up, brushes himself off, and he goes on. He has hope. Anybody ever heard of Dorothy Day? Died in 1980, Dorothy Day. Tough woman. You know, she was an atheist, then an agnostic. In her own words, she, used to, she had a lot of sexual partners. Had a child out of wedlock, her daughter Tamar. And so she was living in Brooklyn in the late 1920s. What happened in October of 1929 in this country? Stock market crash, right? Ten years, the Great Depression. You know what she did? She founded the Catholic Worker Movement. An atheist founded the Catholic Worker Movement. Do you get this? You see the irony? <laughs> okay, I hope I'm not the only one that sees this. So one of the things that, that she did is she, she opened soup kitchens all around, all around New York. Okay, she didn't have a plan. She didn't have a plan. She's like, these people are hungry. Let's give them food. She saw a need and she attacked. Do you know her cause is now up to be a canonized saint in Rome? Former atheist and agnostic. We need a little Dorothy Day in our lives. So this is my question to you. How are you going to leave the world a better place? If you had one year to live, what would you do? What would you? What would I do? We need some, some moxie, some, some chutzpah, they would say, right? We're doing spiritual warfare, folks, in a, in a global level with what's going on, but we also, the goodness starts here first. We're each doing internal spiritual warfare. What does that mean? It means we each have to slay our demons. What's your demon? Worry, my temper, lust, envy, whatever it is. Starts here before it gets outside these doors. And if we don't do it here, your family's got to deal with it. I'll close with this. So, um, does anybody remember a movie from the 1980s called St. Elmo's Fire? Yeah? Remember Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yeah? Okay. Um, so, I was in a- airport about six months ago, and I went to one of those uh, cookie places that sells cookies. Happy to say that my cookie was much better than that one, but it's a prideful moment. Okay, so I'm standing there, and um, this guy behind me, 
he sees my collar and he says, uh, Father, can I ask you a question? I'm like, dude, I just, I just want a cookie, man. I don't, like, I don't, I don't really want to answer a deep theological question. But yes, how can I help you? So he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, Father, did you ever see Saint Elmo's fire? And I was like, yeah. He said, is, is, was that a real guy? And uh, is there such a thing as Saint Elmo's fire? And I was like, yes and yes. Saint Elmo lived, otherwise known as Saint Erasmus, lived in the fourth century in Italy. He was a bishop. And often, when they had a huge storm on the coast. He would go out with his shepherd's staff that had metal in it, and, um, and according to the tradition, this lightning would come down. He was like a Catholic Gandalf, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't think that's very smart, but whatever. Catholic tradition, you know, they come up with this stuff. And so he, he would stand, it out, stand out there, and this lightning would come down, and it would lead the ships into port, like a lighthouse, right? St. Elmo's fire. It was a sign of hope for the sailors. He's still one of the patron saints of sailors. Why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this? Because we're living in a really rocky, wild world, in case you haven't noticed. And people need us to kind of be, if you pardon the metaphor, a St. Elmo's fire. They want to look to you. You may not feel like a leader, but you are, okay? Well, Father, I'm an introvert. Good. However God is using you with your personality and your gifts, awesome, man. But this world outside these doors is not going to get better unless you and I do something to make it better. Just a humble suggestion, make it better. 